We work so hard to get stronger, happier, more productive and successful. Don't forget the secret ingredient. Get grounded in play. Play grounding when it's time to get a life. Hi guys, it's been a while. This is Kara Stewart. I'm still here, here at the Treehouse at Theory Labs at the Brewery Artist Colony here in LA. I took a little break. Um, I wasn't publishing for a little while. I had a lot going on and, and I had some new ideas, things I wanted to do with playgrounding. And so I just really wanted to mull that over for a while, take a little bit of time. And since it's the fall, like a lot of podcasts do, they just go away for a while and come back and call it season two. So welcome. Just like the great TV shows coming out right now, this is season two. This is the premiere. Um, and this first episode, I'm so excited. I'm going to bring you an interview with Chef Dave Weidman. It was actually recorded right before we went to Burning Man a few months, like in the middle of August, and I'm just getting it out now, but I think you'll love it. There's not, no, nothing lost there except that um, his business is actually just launching, so it's actually kind of perfect. Um, Chef Dave is an amazing man I met through the Burning Man community here in LA, and his story is so beautiful, just like he is. Um, his cooking became a lifeline for him. He was just a young boy struggling with a learning disability, and cooking became his his thing. He talks about how giving himself over to what many would have called a hobby led him to deeper friendships and a cooking partner who's a real rocket scientist and some, and he also met Julia Child. You'll hear all about that in the interview. You're going to love him. But before we get into the interview, I really wanted to catch up with you a little. I, in a lot of ways, this really is a brand new season for me. I came back from Burning Man just a few weeks ago I mean, it was another great year. I'm going to start a new job. Yay. A lot of great new things are happening. But one of the best things that happened to me in the weeks before the burn, um, it's something that I want to share because it has a lot to do with why I launched Playgrounding and how I've been this whole time. And and also, I just think it's something I wish somebody had said out loud or I'd, I had come across a blog post that was about this while I was in the middle of it. So he'll make just really quickly go through this and just let you know what's going on. Because um, I tried not to talk about it on here too much. I, I did talk a little bit about it. But one of the things that inspired me to have a podcast about play was the mental health benefits. Um, if you've never read about it, I'd really recommend you check out Charlie Hohen. And he has a book called Play It Away. It's about anxiety. And up until about last month sometime, I had been battling debilitating anxiety for about two years and it was getting worse and worse. I was really scared of everything. I was scared of my own shadow. I had horrible social anxiety. Just sometimes the phone would ring and I wouldn't want to pick it up. I'd, I felt paralyzed when I'd get ready to start to do work and I really didn't know what to do with myself. Really, I, I was a go-getter before. I was confident and I had very clear memories of that person that I used to be and I didn't understand what was happening and I I didn't know how to get back to being her. So when I started this podcast last March, it was a pure act of defiance. I I did not want to give myself over to this. I did not want to admit defeat. I needed to put myself out there. And this was something I always wanted to do. So I just did it. But I'm going to share this story because after seeing nine different doctors in six months, trying to figure out what causing it, they... Um, 
they were about to put me on a psychiatric drug, one of the ones that's really hard to stop once you start it. And as a last kind of ditch effort, right before I took that first pill, I, I just decided, you know what, I think I'm going to get my birth control device removed just in case, just in case hormones might be playing into this at all. I had been assured again and again that it probably wasn't a problem, but I just needed to know for sure. So I had it out. And within a few days, and this happened about a month ago, my anxiety disappeared. I, I, there's no other way to describe it. It was poof, just like that. And and it sounds too good to be true, but it's absolutely true. It was so bad before I can't even explain. And it's so different now. I'm back to being myself. I started Googling and I found out that, that many women go through the same thing and they write about it on forums about different types of birth control. But I... I, I didn't find that stuff. I didn't see it in any of the in the literature. The doctors didn't warn me about it. And I'd never had this problem. So I just, I didn't know what to do. I thought it was something new that was just happening to me. Um, so the reason I want to share this is if you or someone close to you is battling anxiety and depression, and maybe it's something new to their lives. And the thing that was so crazy was that when I first started, I had started a new relationship. I just moved. I was in the middle of some really intense stress with my job and right after I got the hormone-based birth control, I couldn't handle it anymore and I had to quit. And I don't think I ever really recovered. I, I just, I really think it's important, even if we think there are other things causing our anxiety, to give this a shot. If you or anyone you know or are close to and can have this conversation, please just sort of mention that. Hormone-based birth control, whether it's something you insert into your body, the, the IUDs, pills, little things you put in your arm, all that stuff, just maybe think about this as an option before um, you go through two years of not knowing who you are. And my heart aches, you know, for people who are still battling anxiety and were in the state that I'm in and haven't found their way out of it yet. Um, there are so many causes for these kinds of things. And my, I, I feel my, I feel really lucky that this was the reason why I tried elimination diets. I tried all kinds of things. I, you know, I was about to finally just go on medication. So I, I know how hard it can be if you feel hopeless, um, dealing with this stuff. But I do know that seeing life through a playful lens, which is what I was trying to do in the first place, it helped keep me afloat. And I highly, highly recommend Charlie Owen's book, Play It Away. It's about the battle with anxiety and how play basically cured him. Um, he probably didn't have an IUD like I did, but <laughs> um, play really worked wonders for him. And I really want to just put that out there as something that brings hope for people. I'd also recommend following Megan Sad. Um, I interviewed her in episode four, her 30-day fun challenge. It's been a huge help for so many people and it's helped her stay off medication uh, for her anxiety and depression. And I'll continue to point to experts like them when it comes to these kinds of things. But I just wanted to make sure I shared this with you because I'm so bummed that I never even gave it a thought until that very last minute. I could have saved myself a lot of time. And I'm, and if it didn't come to me, I would have just put a psychiatric drug right on top of it. Um, and that wouldn't have been good either. Um, anyway, so I'll be sure to link to Megan and Charlie's websites in the show notes and the playgrounding episode with the epi um, with the interview with Megan Sad. Um, just really feel it's important. And you know, this is why I started this website, this podcast in the first place, it was because I was struggling so hard and I wanted to share the thing that was bringing me hope. Um, 
now I'm, I'm kind of back to myself. I don't quite see it the same way, but I also see these amazing human beings around me still who are doing these amazing things. I'm just going to keep bringing you interview after interview of people who inspire me who are living play-inspired lives. So you might notice if you have seen the website, I've changed it up a bit. Um, enjoy it. I, I hope you enjoy what's about to come. So now, Chef Dave, he's the maker of spectacular mini cheesecakes and desserts. And for those of us who know him in the Burning Man community, we know his generosity and his passion and his creativity in impossibly dusty kitchens. <laughs> if you've ever been to Burning Man, you've probably eaten something of his if you went to any of the big camps that do food. Um, he baked for Black Rock Observatory. Sorry, he cooked for Black Rock Observatory. He was the um, cook for that amazing camp that, um, oh my gosh, the amazing work that they do. He also has cooked for the French Quarter, Black Rock Bakery, Red Nose District back in the day, and even the ever-elusive Tuna Guys, which we didn't find this year, which completely bummed me out. Anyway, Oh, and he made jasmine cupcakes for a wedding I attended in the middle of the deep playa. It was so much fun, and they were amazing cupcakes. So now you are going to meet the man behind all of this amazingness. I really need to learn a new word. Anyway, amazing. Woo! Here's Chef Dave. I would like to introduce you to Chef Dave. So tell me about yourself. You are a chef, but you're not an ordinary chef. I talked about it a little in the intro. Um, you've got some amazing things going right now. Um, well, um, uh, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, and um, I'm very interested in uh, different kinds of ethnic food, ethnic cuisine, ethnic music, and um, it's... Uh, like I, I was telling you earlier, me and a friend of mine started um, doing like this like friendly competition who could come up with the wilder place to, you know, eat. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, so it was like became it was a regional Chinese or Northern Thai, Southern Thai or Burmese, Colombian, uh, Hungarian, uh, uh uh, Indonesian, uh, Pakistan, all these different <laughs> kinds of restaurants in Los Angeles. And, you know, he'd find one and then I'd find another one and he'd find one. And, uh, and I was posting this stuff online on my Facebook page and I had all these people going, where are these places? How come you haven't taken us? So I started... I started uh, doing this list of people uh, who wants to go with me. I'm going to be eating at this place on such and such a date. And it it blossomed. And I don't normally do it in the summertime because there's so much between like music, like concerts yeah. and movies and barbecues. Um, so I normally do it in the... Uh, um, after the summer's over, through yeah. through the the beginning of summer. Yeah, I feel like Los Angeles just packs every possible cultural event into the summertime when yeah. we're all miserable right. and hot. Right. Yeah, <laughs> forget all about us right. in the fall and the winter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's great. I I I remember you just saying, "Hey, we're gonna go for dumplings," and you just threw an address at it of so a place I'd never been to and ended up just loving it. Um, 
that's kind of where we started talking. I guess you also teach some classes or you've spoken on um, ethnic food around Los Angeles as well? Um, I got to lecture at, at UCLA and a friend's class. She was actually um, actually um, a social studies professor hmm. at UCLA and she said to me, she said, how would you like to come and lecture at Royce Hall? And I said, you have got to be kidding. <laughs> you do not my education. Hey. You don't know my education background. Um, <laughs> I, I was, uh, I, I, I went to special schools and not because I was smart. I went to, I, I had so-called learning disabilities. I think that's what adds to what, um, I, I don't see myself as learning disabled. I, I learn things differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always, um, you know, to quote a superhero, um, <laughs> Daredevil, some of us see the world differently mm -hmm. than other people. And I notice certain things that maybe other people don't know. I go out of my way in certain ways where, I mean, I've gone into restaurants and people will look at me like you must be lost because you couldn't be here to eat and i'm like no i'm i want to see what you guys have wow. and it's like and people i mean you get this look like well white people don't come in here you know or none <laughs> you know none you know and i'm like um um and i've gone to some crazy places and <laughs> you know um when you think about chinese food you think about like um um, chow mein and chop suey and mm -hmm. orange chicken and those aren't the places I go into. Yeah. And um, there are no no you know there are the places I go. It's a region of China and it's only these Chinese people. Mm -hmm. So when I walk in there, they've got this like confused look. But uh, the more and more I've gone into these places, the more and more I seem to be able to put people at ease. Also, <laughs> I, I, I can I speak a couple of words of Mandarin, and even if they don't know the whole language, they'll recognize these words. So the, the, it either intrigues them even more <laughs> or it puts them at ease. You know, A lot of times I think that they're looking at me thinking I'm the, the Board of Health, which I'm not, you know. <laughs> so, you know. I'm not. No. So, no. Well, one of the things that I, I love about like just picking your brain about this stuff is you don't just go and see these places for yourself just for your own pleasure. You actually share this knowledge right. on your lecturing, um, bringing it out and making it into events for your, right. for people. Um, and you also, beyond just appreciating food, you also cook food, hence your moniker, Chef Dave. How did you get that name? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Everyone I, calls you that. No one calls you Dave. I've never heard anyone call I you Dave. I think it's something that evolved out of Burning Man. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, How did you become a... Are you a, a proper chef? Like, what? Tell me about yourself as a chef. Well, I, ne I, I never went to school up until recently. Um, I, I just... I I worked, did a little catering. Um, I've just kind of like done a lot of reading mm -hmm. and um, experimented a lot. 
asked a lot of questions, watched what other people were doing, mm -hmm. you know, went online, Wikipedia and YouTube. And um, I finally went to um, pastry school where um, I was told that if I want, I want to start a business, and since I had no actual classical training, the the people who were uh, you know I was applying for this grant money, mm -hmm. and they I was told that I didn't have any actual you know technically I didn't have any you know learning you know I didn't have any. Uh, you know, wasn't properly trained well, at all. Obviously, these people never tasted your food. Well, yeah, but but <laughs> see, you're also dealing with the United States. I know. You're dealing with the United States government. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but oh, here's what's funny. My first day of class, the teacher handed me a glossary of terms, and I crossed off about six things, and I, I, I she sheepishly handed them back to her and said, "I'm sorry, <laughs> but these are wrong." <laughs> what? So I, I and I I learned quickly to maybe I shouldn't say these things. I during this time I actually took an eight week basic cooking class, and the teacher actually pulled me aside and said, uh, "So are you learning anything?" And I oh said, "Really?" <laughs> she, oh he he God. did. He did. And I said, well, like I said, I know that I don't want to work with your students because oh, they don't know how to hold a knife, you oh, know, properly. God. But I also said, look, I said, I'm here to learn. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things you know that I don't. Mm -hmm. And I would like to learn, like f cooking from Fiji. Fiji. Yeah. And, and he said to me, and I told, asked him about Thai food. He didn't know anything about Thai food. Mm -hmm. And I said, we can teach each other. You That's know, awesome. I'm always willing to learn. You mm -hmm. know, the whole time when I'm cooking, I'm always willing to and learn. How long ago was this? How, was, how long ago was this? It's, uh, five years ago. Okay. Little... And I still. Um, I'm still in contact with some of my teachers. Oh. One of them, I send pictures of what we make <laughs> at Burning Man every year. Yeah. I got to go to Burning Man during school. I missed my first week. I told the teacher, <laughs> asked him if I could be gone. And what I would do is I would send him pictures and videos and write a report if I could, you know, if if this was okay with him. And he says, as long as the learning experience, oh, go. Yeah. So that's the first time me and Clive, me and uh, uh, my, my, Michael uh, yes. went and made ice cream. And that's a buddy of mine who mm -hmm. I go out with the French Quarter at Burning Man. Well, so this is, this is actually one of the funniest things. I mean, you've obviously been cooking for much, much longer than five years. Um, but your kind of partner in cooking is... An aerospace dude. Like I don't. I don't know if he's an engineer. Is he an engineer? He's a rocket scientist. He's a rocket. He's a bona fide rocket scientist. This rockets. gentleman. His name is. Yeah. I mean, he is Clive, the rocket scientist, yeah. and he is the assistant to self-taught chef Dave. Um, yeah. And tell about. So, so, and just to brag for you, um, he not. Cooking at Burning Man is one of the most difficult things you can do, especially cooking for a lot of other people. And over the last few years, they've been instituting a lot of more health regulations than they had before. So if you want to serve over a certain number of people, right. you have to have like, you know, permits and blah, 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 which is wonderful. Um, some people don't think so, but whatever. Uh, 
Chef Dave cooks for Black Rock Observatory. They bring out an amazing um, telescope every year. You can go look through it at the Deep Playa. Also, they buy my ticket for and me. That, they're amazing. <laughs> and the uh, la, 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 uh, French Quarter. The French Quarter. Is there anything else that I'm missing? Are those three your main ones you cook well, for? Well, in the past, I cooked for Red Nose District. <laughs> I cooked for the Tuna Guys for like four oh, or five did. years. Um, I, there was one guy um, who... I threw him out of his own kitchen because he didn't know what he was doing. And you're you're renowned among this community. I mean, I there are very few people. I heard of you before I met you because I had heard of what you. What did I do? You did a Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> no, okay. Yes, I heard about this Thanksgiving dinner and everyone was so mad at me for missing it. I was with my mom and dad, so it was worth it. But I missed a Chef Dave dinner. So all of that just to kind of brag on the fact that you, you as a self-taught, self-taught chef, put yourself in some of the most difficult circumstances and you find ways to make, and now tell me some of the amazing dishes. Uh, maybe um, that baked Alaska from last year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I'll tell you what. Um, and this is, uh, I, I, I got, um, I, I met Athena, um, who uh. was, she was uh, the LA's regional mm-hmm. head for Burning Man, the connection to the, you know, and I met her at a benefit that we were doing for Abundant Sugar, which is uh, a place at the Brewery mm-hmm. Art Complex. Yes. Where we're sitting now <laughs> and inter- being interviewed. Where my husband and, lived for a while. <laughs> and I helped them do a benefit. Cool. And we had a lot of people from Red Nose District and do, were our servers. And Athena tasted the food and said, this is absolutely magnificent. Mm-hmm. Can you do this for my wedding? And I said, yeah, we can do this. <laughs> exact. And I said, well, it's I use a lot of seasonal ingredients. Mm. So, because I can go to the farmer's market. And certain things might have to be, you know, altered a little bit. So, mm-hmm. we came up with a menu and it came out really great. And, awesome. uh, um, and the reason why she met, and then the next year, she kind of stole me from <laughs> Tsunami. She, she said, we'll get you a free t- and ticket. And she stopped and she realized that maybe she couldn't pull this off. She <laughs> said, we'll waive your camp fees. You know, so I, you know, and we did a, um, um, everybody cooked. A bunch of people cook different meals, and I did braised short ribs and red wine, <laughs> and I did polenta with goat cheese and caramelized garlic, and a ratatouille, oh and I had I must have had like ten gallons of polenta, oh and it goodness. was I couldn't I thought I had made more than I knew what to do with, <laughs> and I think by the end of the meal. I might have had an, like two inches in the pot, and by morning, that was gone. They had like eaten everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also did a, I did a, um, a key lime tiramisu with oh. white chocolate and raspberries. Um, I had, uh, I'm gonna back this up. I had a friend of mine who's a farmer, a uh, guy by the name of Bill Coleman, who's who supplies a lot of the stuff that I use mm. at the farmer's markets. And he's a fa- famous person in his own right. Mm-hmm. And I came up to his farm, and you never know who is going to be there. <laughs> um, people who are, who cook at um, Chez Panisse and, uh, you know, Alice Waters, um, you know, who own Chez Panisse, but yeah. um, um, Julia Child. 
And uh, I went up there and I cooked lunch for him one day and I made a tiramisu. And he told me that, you know, he liked it. But every time I made this, it was everybody was like shaking from all the caffeine. She <laughs> says, could you try to make something without caffeine? And I said, let's try this. So I did a key lime tiramisu without oh. the coffee with white chocolate and raspberries. So imagine a key lime pie. But a tiram in a tiramisu oh with gosh. the shaved white chocolate and the raspberry, really light, really refreshing. Oh, I mean, and... I ate a sandwich before this interview on purpose. Cause, <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> well, oh. Athena's wedding, I did a tiramisu, um, and I did this f out, out at Burning Man. Well, I did a I did a jasmine white oh. chocolate tiramisu with passion fruit oh layered gosh. like that it was it was you know that was amazing well i so. knew i knew that our wedding our wedding was going to be amazing because you would have you brought us these samples but then you said but this isn't going to be in season that month so we're going to switch that over to this and you just started you 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 know all of these things and you were so right in every case everyone raved about the food and especially about the cheesecakes that you make as well yeah. which is Hopefully. That's the the business <laughs> yes. that I am launching. Yes, mini cheesecakes. Does it have a name yet? Um, yes, it's called F two D four, which stands <laughs> for food to die for. Oh yeah. And um, you can find me mm -hmm. at www f two d four dot net. Very cool. And, and that's the website. And and uh, this all just, I, I'm so curious because in the context of what I'm trying to do with this podcast, like I think what I love so much about what you do and your story, um, there's the whole thing of kind of the unconventional way that you came about doing what you do. You know, I know I've been in the restaurant world. I can't even imagine you in the restaurant world. It, it just doesn't click for <laughs> me know, at all. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I I'm... was a bartender in fancy places in New York. Like if you, I mean, the thing is, but your food is so over the top. You've just found your own personal touch, your own personal way to bring your talent and your passion for food right. into into a shared communal space and 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 now you're launching this business um where where did this love for food start from i mean when you, were you cooking how far back were you cooking i was cooking ever since i could reach the stove really and oh. maybe even before i mean <laughs> you know i always wanted to help my mother mm -hmm. and um you know i wasn't very good at a lot of things mm -hmm. but cooking seemed to um you know, I took the cooking like you know, um, baking was a little bit more. Um, took me a little bit longer. Um, I didn't start doing that till I was like in my twenties. Mm -hmm. You know, but cooking right away. I mean, cooking. I just it just it just took off. You know, and I remember this. I was in fourth grade, mm -hmm. and where everyone was supposed to bring like a dish from another country, mm -hmm. and I I made uh, some fried rice dish, and I threw in everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> but it came out so good, and I thought to myself, "This might be, you know, I might, you know, I mean, I've always wanted. When I was a kid, I always ditched school and always, uh, you know, wanted to like watch Julia Child and, mm. uh, you know, Graham Kerr, uh, the Galloping Gourmet, and uh, I, I, I told my mom I was sick, mm -hmm. you know, I had to stay home." And I would tear her kitchen <laughs> apart. And she would always say to me, you know, you're too sick to go to school, but you're fine for cooking. That's you know? so cute. So, 
That's you know, super so. cute. Like, and I got to meet Julia <gasps> Child. No way. F- from um, uh, a woman, uh, Joy. Joy uh-huh. um, Yoon. And Joy was kind of like Bill Coleman's The Farmer. Uh-huh. His kind of like adopted daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he uh, She was an editor for... Uh, a food, not a. Uh, she was a, did research for Vogue magazine, cool. and she wanted to meet my uncle, who was an artist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What? What's in that? What's in it for me?" And she <laughs> said, "I'll introduce Julia Child." And she said, "You can do that." Oh my god! And she said, "Yeah." And I said, "You have a deal, you know." What was she like? Uh, very, very, very polite. She talked a lot about how much she liked. In and out, that uh, in and <laughs> no out, bur- in and out burger, and uh, I had made a flourless chocolate cake for her. Oh my god! And she made a, you know, it was so rich. And that's all she said was how rich this cake was. But Aww. you know, she liked that she ate every last bite of it. Aww. So, well, and, the woman's got uh, taste, that's for know. sure. I'm learning all kinds of new things about you today. <laughs> um, and she was fabulous. She was just great. I oh. mean, just such a sweet person. Well, yeah. and you. Obviously, you started very young. You loved this. You took to it. It was pretty much your first love. But you took a roundabout way to it. Or were you cooking throughout your 20s and 30s? And- no. Um, I uh, I really didn't know what I wanted to do for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It, um, I, it never really clicked, the whole cooking thing. Mm-hmm. Um like as a job. I mean, I yeah, working for other people in certain kitchens, I get sidetracked and <laughs> uh, you know, and I mean this might sound, I don't I'm not trying to come on if, if I'm not running the show or some <laughs> it doesn't work. Aww. And that might sound like uh, you know, um I like working with other people. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can do that, mm-hmm. but um for whatever reason it it, it uh, I, I get really sidetracked and disjointed. Um, well, you're you know. kind of, you're one of those kind of, if I could, I mean, I'm totally sounding Oddballs. pretentious That's here, what... <laughs> but I'm going to use this word because I think it's like when I hear someone who's a director of film and they're, they're an auteur, you know, like they, they just have this vision and they have to, you know, bring this vision to fruition. That's what you do, you know, when you put together, I can't even imagine you actually working under someone, but... You've made it work. You yeah, I can. I, yeah. I, I mean, uh, well, the, the camp at um, Burning Man called the French Quarter, <laughs> and Ari, um, a guy by the name of Ari Schindler, it's his camp. Mm-hmm. And I always, you know, I don't want to run like like the, like also the bakery is run by Clive. I don't want to run the bakery. No, 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 no. I just want to be. I don't want to be the general. Yeah. But I want to be a colonel. Yeah. I want to be right under. I was yeah. like, you can run the bakery, yeah. you know. But uh, you know, I you can run. You guys, can, but I'm the bake. You know, yeah. I know how to. You know, well, I I also have this thing. Um, um, it's almost like Batman in the <laughs> Justice League. Yeah, it's like you're gonna need my. I'm I'm not you know someone who's gonna join you guys a hundred and ten percent because I'm I'm running off. But believe me, you're gonna need my help. Yep, you're gonna what you contribute is <laughs> yeah, gonna be valuable. It's, you know. Yeah, and and just for people who may not have been to Burning Man or know 
you know, how it all works there. Um, when we talk about the French Quarter, the French Quarter is probably one of the most famous places you can go for amazing food. There are many, 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 many. There are 70,000 people out there. Um, each camp provides their own food, or there are a lot of places you can go to get food. Right. But the catch is they do this service. They, they give people food all for free. There is no purchasing or buying or any kind of exchange or bartering on the playa. People say, oh, you barter at Burning Man. No, that's not true. You don't barter. You don't exchange. You just give. You give free gifts. So Chef Dave has been a part of a camp that gives the free gift of food. He also cooks for campers in a specific, specific camp. But I think what I've noticed the most about you in the time, short time I've known you, but in the long uh, history of what people have told me about you is you gift food all the time. Um, your, your Thanksgiving dinners, you just come over to our house some nights and just say, hey, can I do a dinner? And you just bring over all this food and, and you gift your time. You just love it so much that you give it away to people. You say, here, I'm going to make this meal for your home and invite some of your friends. Not too many. But <laughs> um, what, what is I, that about? What do you do that for? I, do, I really don't know. <laughs> I need friends. Aww, no, you don't. You have so many friends. I, it's ridiculous. I, I have, an, I have a, um, a guy who's like kind of like uh, my Harvard, the Harvard graduate um, um, business. He's like my conscience. He's <laughs> like, why are you doing this? He's like, you gotta make money. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's like I'm the I'm I'm the artist. It's like True. the art's important and the money's not. You know, and I'm starting to realize, yeah. you know, that the money is kind of important because if I don't have the money, I can't do this. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: if I had it my way. Mm-hmm. I would give it away for free, but I have to yes. live somewhere and I have to, you know, I like it that much, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like I have a business, you know, and if you're lucky enough to catch one of my pop-ups, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I will yeah. cook for you, you know, you know. Yeah. So you yeah. have, you have pop-ups, which is just nights when you just bless people with your amazing right. skills. And I mean, we're talking right. any kind of food you can imagine. Recently, he paired up with AJ, who was just on last week, who is also a chef in his own right, in some ways. AJ <laughs> is amazing. He's and that was AJ's cook. thing. Yeah. I was, I, I mean, I helped out, but that was it AJ's was thing. Texas barbecue. Oh, he was a beast. <laughs> He's, He's really a good. beast. <laughs> that was like unparalleled. I've had a lot of barbecue in Los Angeles and nothing even came close. We don't really, I don't want to, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but we don't have a lot of really good barbecue. No. It's okay. But after eating what AJ made, yep. forget about it. Texas, Texas, Texas barbecue. Oh my God. It was, it was, it was, a, it was obscene. <laughs> it was obscene. Yes. And this is the great <laughs> thing about you. You just you'll pair up with people. So you have these pop-ups that are kind of random. You also have your outings that you're going to start up again in the fall. Yes. Is there, there's a Facebook page for this, right? Um, or is there, if there's not, I don't know. You can, you can um, you know, um, email me at my, uh, you know, um, I'll put it's it. David F2D4 
dot com. It's on the website. Yeah, and we'll, I'll put a link. Me. I'll put a right. link on the page um, for this podcast. It'll be um, playgrounding.com slash sixteen. Right. Um, so all of the information will be there. So you can there's that. But then also I'm really excited to hear more about your cheesecake. So my wedding, my wedding we had cheesecakes and it was unreal. Everyone loved them. They were mini cheesecakes. So you know I married a cupcake so we wanted to do cupcakes. That was literally the only idea anyone had. You were like I don't like the cheese, the cupcake idea. It's too on the nose. And you had these little cheesecakes and people ran up to me. Just couldn't wait to tell me how much they loved your cheesecakes. And I, I remember thinking around the time like, man, he should do this as a business. And oh my gosh, you're going to be doing cheesecakes. Um, so you're, that's going to launch. When do you think that's probably going to launch? Um, uh, October. Okay. So right after the burn. Yeah. Great. And and one of the other things I was interested in, and if you don't want to talk about this, it's fine, but I'm curious. Just in if but um what led you to the Bernie Man community? I know you've you've kind of go way back with a lot of this stuff, probably further than a lot of us do. Um Well, a friend of mine, uh he uh I saw him the other night, um and he was going up the 395 with a friend of his. They were going to go camping. <laughs> and he saw these people who were on their way up to this festival. And this is 95. Oh, early. And uh, we, uh, he came back with, like, these big, you know, dilated pupils. And <laughs> just, like, this look of, like, like how, like, you know, when you join a cult. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my, this cannot be good. And he was like, we got to go. We got to go. It's going to be life-changing. And I'm like, I th I'm going to call your mom and tell her we're going to have to we're gonna put you in the nut house because you're lost. You're gone. And uh, it's funny because at the same time, I had a friend of mine who was talking about Burning Man. And this was a guy who I was going to start a catering business with, bakery. Mm -hmm. And... He was talking about how they would go to this festival and they'd cook a pig and they'd take the head and they'd put flares in its eyes and chase people. And I'm like, another lunatic. I'm like, this is not making any sense. I'm not going to this thing. I'm scared. I'm terrified. Oh, the story and I, from the 90s. And I got there and it was like Mad Max. It was mm -hmm. like, you know, if you think Burning Man is... Some hippie festival, maybe it's turned into a lot of that. But back then, it was very aggro. It was really, like, hardcore. This was not no rainbow festival. No. This no, was no. lots of explosions and lots of fire. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. This is why Giggsville yeah. is so, so uh, bitter yeah. all the time. One of the yeah. oldest camps of Burning Man yeah. are like, get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get to drive around on motorcycles and chop the chop through melons anymore right there's no shooting galleries. there's no automatic weapons there no, there's no, no uh well <laughs> you got a guy like elliot who will play redneck soccer with like toilet paper and dust and kerosene yep. you know what's going on now is i'm with a camp called the black rock observatory Yay! and the guy who runs it i met um I was at a barbie i was at a barbecue and i was gonna go to um um, a regional event, and I had no one to stay with. The regional event was called Utopia. Oh, is that San Diego? Yes. Okay, I haven't And that. so that's a Burning Man regional event, and there was a guy by the name of Pickle, Professor Pickle, who introduced me 
You know, he said, I'm not going, but I know someone who is going. <laughs> and he said, you can camp with him. I'm sure that won't be a problem. Here's his number. So I called Tom up, <laughs> and Tom was like, yeah, you can camp with us, absolutely. And I said, by the way, I I cook. <laughs> by the and way I cook. <laughs> he said to me, he says, yeah, I know, your exploits are legendary. And I'm like... <laughs> How did this guy even know who I am? And I, um, and you know, I, I, I cooked in the camp, and the rest is history. I've gone out with him. I went out with him last year, and I'm going out with him this year. You know, and uh, that's great. You know, yeah, I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't actually made it out to Deep Playa and gone all the way through the line to see it. But this year, I promised myself I would see their amazing telescope. And... Maybe, yeah, yeah. Wow. 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 You, we've covered so much ground and I've learned so much about you. This has yeah. been an, I've talked to you so many times, but th I've learned new things about you every time. So, you know, um, something that I'm, um, you know, because, um, uh, you know, a lot of the people that I'm, you know, part of the, the Burning Man community, mm -hmm. we're not there. Um, we're the outcasts and the oddballs. Mm -hmm. And, um, we, you know, like I said, we I see things a little bit differently, mm -hmm. and I kind of fell into this cooking thing. Mm -hmm. I was not popular in school. I was the last kid to get picked on, you know, um, on the baseball team yeah. and the football team. And I was actually they used to fight on who was getting me, yeah. and uh, I was picked on, and <laughs> you know, so. I don't know when it happened, but something changed, yeah. and especially with the cooking. And my assist, or my sister's friend said, "I don't understand. You have so many friends. You know <laughs> so many people." And I'm like, "I don't know when it happened or how it happened, but I'm sure a lot of it had a lot to do with you know the the cooking." And it's like that's for me. It's like you know. So if you're if you're a young kid and you're getting teased out there. You got to find what you like to do, Absolutely. you know, and I think everybody, you know. And, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, in part, you could take away from that, that people like you for the cooking or something like that. But I, I think it goes a lot deeper than that, especially around the Burning Man community. When you once you find people, I think what you discovered was that you could give yourself permission to do this thing that lights you up, that makes you so happy, that you love so much and you chose to share it. And whether, whatever it was, whether it was playing the trumpet or whatever, I think in a community like this especially, you were embraced not just for your cooking, but because you chose to give your gift. You said, this is what I know how to do, and I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do this together. And now, Yeah, because you really don't want me doing much of anything else. You don't play like, trumpet. <laughs> I don't play a trumpet, <laughs> and I don't build things, and I could blow stuff up, but it's not a good idea. <laughs> No, but I just, I really, I really do believe that because I think every single one of the people that I've been meeting, especially in this community, I mean, if you go and Google Burning Man and go to Google Images, you're going to get some hot, hot girls and some really beautiful headdresses and, and basically models that literally stepped off of a trailer and were, you know, yeah. They, Sparkle ponies. Yeah, they don't. If you ever see that out there, it's a model shoot. It's a photo shoot. It's not real. Like, you get really dirty and messy and gross out there. Just, But it's awesome. But what I'm getting at is 
most of the people I've met who become my dearest friends out there were all a bunch of rejects. Or at least we feel that way. You know, we, we all feel like we don't fit in. Um, I for sure was a band geek. I had my, a couple of band friends, but I was like definitely not loved by the cheerleaders in my school to the point of, of harassment. They, they hated me for some reason. Um, but I think the thing that we find is the place to A, give ourselves permission to fall in love with something about ourselves and then take that thing and give it away. And that's Be okay do. with yes. ourselves. Yes. Because I think there are a lot of people, and this is just general, and they're looking to mm -hmm. try to fit in. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to be myself. Absolutely. I gave up on trying to fit in. You know? <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people go out there and, mm -hmm. you know, um, just, we just don't, you know, we do our thing. And mm -hmm. because we do our thing, and because everyone who goes out there who's passionate, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, Clive, I mean, Love I know that Clive. he had a, he told me that he had a hard time in high school and how he like fell into, you know, being, a, you know, doing the rocket thing, you know, mm -hmm. he's, that's amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, he's that's amazing. astounding. And you know, like pe people like me or people like Clive or people or whoever, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, um, there's so many people. Cupcake. Yeah. Your 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 husband. <laughs> there are so many or AJ. There are so many amazing, mm -hmm. amazing people out there yep. who just are passionate about what they do. Yep. And you know, it's fa it's fantastic. They're passionate you know? and generous and it just yes, makes for this amazing absolutely. combination. And the friendship yeah. so that means the friendships are based on something very, very real. Right. Very, very yeah, yeah. solid. And I yeah. know I'm going to be your friend for a very, very, very <laughs> long time. So, well, thank you for this interview so much. Is there anything else you'd like to share with people other than I'm going to make sure all of your links are on the page? And um, Come out to Burning Man. Have some fun with us. <laughs> yes, please. I'm going to make Baked Alaska this year. Oh. And, and, and I'm going to use... Um, I'm, I'm going to use a, a thing called the dragon to light this thing up, which is a, basically a, a... A flame, a projectile flame, flamethrower. Wow! So. Oh my! And out there in the middle of the playa, where there is no electricity, no nothing, right. they are making homemade ice cream at French with Quarter. liquid so, nitrogen. Yes, yes, yeah. liquid nitrogen. Bananas Fosters oh. at the French Quarter. <laughs> yeah, if you if you're not coming to Burning Man, you're missing some pretty amazing food. Yeah. But you can also join us um, in the fall and maybe catch on to one of his ethnic tours of Los Angeles or. Um, come have some of his cheesecakes. So, thanks yeah. so much. See you guys at a farmer's market. Yes. Keep your eyes open because that's where I'm going to be selling them. Awesome. Yep. Okay, great. Perfect. I did not yeah. know that. I did not know that. Thank you, farmer's markets. All right. Thank you, Dave. And Chef Dave. Oh, I just called you Dave. <laughs> that was weird. Thank you, Chef Dave. Thank you, Cara. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to try Chef Dave's cheesecakes and other desserts, you can find a link to his website at playgrounding.com 16. Also, from his website, you can email him if you'd like to be added to his list and be invited to ethnic culinary adventures around Los Angeles. Join me next time when we meet artist Kevin Raleigh, who manages to make doomsday prepping, I mean emergency preparation, fun. So, if your house isn't ready for the zombie pocketclips or just the next big earthquake, Kevin has the answers and makes it not boring. See you next time.